Hey everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network, here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content, with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from, and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume 1. You can read all of these for free at spinwizcomics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness, to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today. by a person on the street and wondered what's their deal or, or been curious about what it's like to be a policeman or a musician or, or even just young well, welcome to my life app a podcast that delves into the comedic lives and experience of normal people and says hey tell me about your life All right, guys, and welcome back again here to another episode of My Life as a Podcast. Uh, I got a special guest today, a guy that I've known for a long time, but he's got a really interesting life. Um, you're going to love this one today. Uh, my friend, Josh DeGrode. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh DeGrode. Hey, all right. Hey, how, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, well, they're, they, who knows? <laughs> but, so, Josh, tell us, uh, what, is, what is it that you do? So, my name is Josh DeGrode. I'm a sales account manager for a marijuana distribution company called Blunt Brothers. Nice, man. Nice. How long have you been doing that? I've been working for the company basically eight years. Eight years. Yes. Uh, how did you get started with, with the, like, what brought you to, like, being a marijuana salesman? Uh, well, actually, it started off as a friend of mine said, hey, how about you stop taking Vicodin <laughs> and smoke this joint and see if that helps your hand? And it made the same, taking Vicodin just made me go, oh, my hand hurts, but I don't care. Right. Marijuana goes, oh, my hand hurts, but I just don't care. I was able to take a crap after uh, <laughs> a week of marijuana and no Vicodin, so I just switched over. And he happened to be in the business, was looking for some salespeople. I invested a little bit. And uh, nine years later, we got fully licensed uh, distribution center out of San Bernardino. We cover... From San Francisco to San Diego to Palm Springs, all over uh, Orange County and L.A. Nice, man. Nice. So uh, uh, is this what you do full time? That's like full time. All... Full time job is uh, talking and selling marijuana. That's a fantastic. It life, really dude. is. It, so, uh... so how does one. Uh, all right. So like I'm you. Yeah. I wake up in the morning. I assume it's like, you know, like a, a, like a Wu-Tang movie where you like smoke out right before you leave the house. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> First thing I do in the morning is take a big old dab. Uh, then I jump in the shower. Usually smoke a joint in the shower, too. No. Um, it's, I mean, it's a typical regular job at, at most points. Uh, I mean, I do an hour before I know I'm going to leave for work. I may smoke just to 
uh, deal with the pain in my hand, but I get in my car, drive out to Palm Springs, go to my first shop, uh, show them samples, deal with the reorders, go to my next shop, which usually has a lounge in it. So mm-hmm. I'm usually at that shop for maybe like an hour and a half, but don't tell my boss. <laughs> um, we might go through the, my sample kit a little bit, <laughs> and then they'll place an order. Um, so when you go to uh, like a store, yeah, like... What like how does that work for you? Like you walk in and you're like, hey, listen up, ladies and gentlemen, I've got the finest weed available. You like pop out a little thing. Like, then... Well, actually, yeah, I do. Uh, I have a a box. It's um, it's all makeup kit. So when you open it up, it's like a tackle box. <laughs> of course. It on is. the bottom, there's like twenty different jars of weed in it, and then on the topper. That's because you're an old theater person, dude. Yeah, like, you're always you your tech, yep. <laughs> You're like, I like to fish, and I like theater, and I got my tackle box. Well, so. that and would you buy a co- would you buy a comic book from somebody that uh, you've never read before? No, I mean sometimes, yeah, but yeah. it's like one of those things where um, if I'm coming across something that's new, yeah. whether it be alcohol, I want to sample a little exactly, bit, you know? and that's really what this sample box is for. Um, is just show off. Sometimes I can leave them a gift there. Most of the time, uh, the shops because of the metric system. And that's the crazy thing about this now. It being completely legal is how I can't give a shop a sample. I have to send it through the metric system to what, the shop. What is the met? I, when you say okay, the metric sorry. system, I'm like, the so metrics. you have a ruler that like you measure in centimeters? No, pretty pretty much. Really? So. When a seed sprouts a root, it gets tagged, and now it's in the state system going, hey, this plant is going to be used for marijuana. All through the stages of life, from it being a, a clone to being uh, blooming, it gets tagged, it gets cut, it gets weighed. All the waste gets weighed, goes to another facility to be destroyed. I swear to God. Wow. Alcohol does not have this kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Damn it. Regulation. <laughs> regulation. There you go. Sorry. Um, you were, you're reinforcing everything I think about you, just so you know. I'm a stoner right now. Thanks. Um, so you take, it's just, it's crazy. So that shop will not take, oh, hey, yeah, I can't take that gift. It wants that gift to be sent through all the systems to the state, so the the state government, not the feds yet, the state government knows where every uh, drop of marijuana is gone. Really? Alcohol's not regulated that no, way. No, Cigarettes aren't regulated that way. Which are way more damaging than weed, and, like oh, a absolutely. thousand percent. Every packaging has to be childproof, even if it's a one-time use. Really? Yep. Cigarettes aren't. No, not even a little. I, I well, I mean, like you guys are like a Johnny Come Lately industry. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're catching all of the new regulations, right, right, right. and you don't have enough people with money to back you guys up to fight for you yet. So, no. and the know. ones that do have a lot of money don't want to spend that money because they've never had that kind of money. Right, right. So for for you, it's like uh, I imagine it's like a constant headache, like fighting against uh, uh, oh abso- the regulations. Absolutely, because at the other side you have your bosses are like stop giving out samples <laughs> he wants to try it and he won't take what's in my box man your like, boss is like stop mailing samples yes, to people and you're like, much, like that's yeah. all anybody wants when are they gonna buy when are they gonna buy something i'm on there's well and that's the new thing 
people have budgets. Corporations are involved with it now, or corporate minds are in it. People have left a corporate environment. So like, oh, here's your budget for the month for weed. Not, oh, hey, this is a great new vendor. We should pick up stuff from them. Mm. I fall into the thing where I have to keep my current clients happy. My new clients have a hard time. Okay, yeah, Josh, I do want those strains you sent me, but I already sold out of them already. And they have new strains coming in. So now I have to send them those samples to check out. It's fucking aggravating as shit, man. <laughs> so aggravating. It's, it's it's like it's like you took the world of stoners, but introduced corporate America to you guys, and now suddenly you're stuck in this loop where you're like, this is not how this should be. Yeah. We should just smoke it, and if you like it, and you're like, man, that's a good high. And then I, half the shops you deal with are like real stoner shops. You're <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude, let me just smell it. Oh yeah, I'll take that. And then you've done so much business with them, like, hey, what flavors do you have this one? What are the percentages? Cool, send them to me. Nice. I trust you. Yeah, because like, yeah, you're, you're developing relationships, Exactly. Right? And that's the one nice thing that our corporate officers see, that the Blunt Brothers reputation that we've been out there for nine years, out there for nine years, killing it, making... Re- not doing the illegal thing, always moving to the right way, always right. moving, helping. We helped pass the law and we wrote, helped write the law to pass in San Bernardino so we could do it. Like we kept the city in mind. Let's keep the tax dollars in the city. We, we really care about us making money, but <laughs> we want to make sure we know fifth the largest economy in the world. We know it can be spread around everywhere. Exactly. Like it's like one of those things where it's not a zero sum game. Like if I sell a little bit, it's like, look, when I go to a Comic-Con, there's not a limited amount of money in the room. Right. It's like, there's a lot of money in the room. And a lot of that money is not coming to me, not because um, somebody else got that money, but because my product necessarily isn't what they want. So it's like, for me, always like making sure there's a variety of product, creating relationships with people, you know? I mean, you want to have that idea of like, like a lot of times, I'm, and I'm sure it's like the same with you. They're not buying your weed. They're buying, like not buying weed. They're buying your weed. Absolutely. They're buying know? from Josh. They're buying exactly. from Blunt Brothers. Um, absolutely. And it's just crazy. I thought as soon as I got my first sample kit, I got it on Halloween. I thought the next week, because I already had some relationships, everyone was going to be like, yeah, Josh, let's do that order, blah, blah, blah. And then I hit that corporate wall where it was like, okay, yeah, Josh, probably at the end of the month, I'll be able to place an order. I'm like, what the fuck? What do you mean the end of the month, man? Like, I'm going to get fired. Like, what are you doing? And then it was just a snowball. I just, I hit 100K in the first month. Like, nice, it was, man. yeah, just, it, it just takes time. And I assume you work on like commissions. We, we do. Um, we're, they're changing our commission base now. Uh, it's actually going to benefit me where the last one was a over the year what I hit, which I don't care when I get my money, honestly, as long as it's fair. And I thought their goals were very fair to start with. So what was your first sale like? My first sale was a... Or better yet, what was your first failure like? <laughs> like, Oh, my like, first failure? Like, there's that, like, we always remember the successes, but the failures are always so yeah, much more memorable. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? So my first failure, I had a ride-along with uh, one of uh, another person that was there to help me uh, do stuff. And it was my first meeting with this client. I was trying to figure him out. He was a total stoner. And I wanted to talk to him like a stoner, 
but the corporate person was with me threw my whole game off. This person uh, was like jumping in there and asking like, oh, well, what's your, what percentage of this do you do? What? And he was like looking at me and I knew, but not asking the right way. So this person kept asking questions like, how much concentrates do you go through? How much flour do you go through? How many pre-rolls do you go through? Like right off, not even get to like, hi, my name is like, you have to introduce yourself. You got, I could tell this buyer was a stoner and he wanted to talk about weed like, hey, what's it going to taste like? This person didn't want to talk about that. This person, all they wanted to talk about was how much money are you going to spend every month on an order? Right. And that's not the way the, the way the work work. And now I've gone into that shop a couple times and I haven't landed the sale. And I know there's <laughs> something on this menu that's there and... <laughs> got rubbed the wrong way and I know that's what it is. It's got to be a weird world, you know, where it's like you've got this group of people that got into this because yeah. they just really like smoking weed. You right, know? right. Uh, versus like a group of people that are in it because they're very corporate minded. Yeah. They, you know, like I like money. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love money. Yeah. But it's like at the same time and I imagine like you get in there and you're like man, this is like, you know, like Skywalker OG or yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like going through your list of like what it tastes like. Yeah. The How's it made? Like he was, he was asking me a question about one of the brands, and he was like, "I was like, well, it's made this way, blah blah." blah. And uh, this person was like, "Well, why does that really matter?" He's like, "Cause I want to make sure I have something that's comparable or not comparable on, on the shelf." He had Seven Ten Labs, which is one of those great lines out there, but it's gonna cost you a hundred and ten dollars for a gram. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that sounds great, but. <laughs> I'm gonna buy that once a month. Am I independently Maybe? wealthy? Like, exactly. That yeah. on a regular, um, you know? and, and then there's those snob, snob smokers, and people say I'm that kind of snob smoker. Uh, that, too. Nothing about that surprises <laughs> me. Like not even a little. Hey, I'll smoke some stress with somebody. <laughs> I will, and then I'm like, all right, here, well, let's smoke something good. Um, You're like the guy that's like, okay, I'll take a shot of pop off with you, but then we're gonna drink top shelf for the rest of the night. <laughs> absolutely, <right>? absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. I walked in, walked into the corporate office, and uh, I opened up the fridge, and there was a bunch of Coors Light in there. And the marketing team was like, "Oh, you want a beer?" I was like, "No, you're all that's not a beer." And you guys are the same age as me. What is your problem? You're all ex snowboarding professionals. Come on, that's the problem. The problem is. People get used to certain things and they're not willing to adventure outside of their realm of, (laughs) you know, you're like, it's why I don't know why any adult would drink a Coors Light or a natural light or anything else like that. It's like, why would you smoke skank weed at this point? (laughs) Like, why would you buy the skankiest weed off the corner from some dude when there's much better alternatives available, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the... So here's a funny story. I got a funny story. So yesterday I was at a, a shop called Organic Solutions of the Desert. Great shop. The, uh, the, the crew's awesome in there. The girl that was a butt tender just turned 21. She's never bought weed. She's only bought weed from a shop. Only from a shop. Wait, she, what? She's never bought it from like a dude at his house? The first time, exactly. The first time I got weed, bought weed... The pizza man came to our place. We were smoking out. He came in and we're like, hey, you can have a bong rip or we can tip you some money. 
He was like, oh, let me go get my weed. Goes downstairs <laughs> and at the time brought the most weed I've ever seen in my life, which was like two ounces. Oh, jeez. I was like, oh, look at that. He was like, hey, anytime you want pizza or anytime you want weed, call Domino's. Ask for Brad. I'll deliver it and I'll also have your weed. That's amazing. That like every Friday we called Brad. I swear to God, for like a year and a half, we get our eighth for fifty bucks. And I'm like, I'm telling her this story. She's like, No, I've always gone to a shop. I it's so funny because to me, Pineapple Express is college. Absolutely. Like every time I watch that movie, I'm just like, I'm all that. Like that's my weed dealer. Like that's my dude that I knew. You know, it's it's yeah, it's a weird world we live in. It's sort of like uh, 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 when you have like your first bookie. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you're, you're, and then all of a sudden you're like, people are like, well, you can just do that online now, and you're like, yeah, but like, what about, what about Tony? He's not gonna. <laughs> What's he gonna do? What's he? Gonna, yes, I, I'm totally blown away. I was totally blown away when she like, Josh, I've always been able, because remember, I used to have a card and I could go when I was 18. Right, like, right, right. Like so, when you were in high school, how'd you get your weed then? She's like, well, I didn't smoke weed. Which, if you remember me in high school, like, I was the Catholic friend. Like, I was the good Catholic boy. I didn't smoke weed. Well, we never went to high school together. That's right, but I hung out with... I hung out with... You hung, you hung out with people that I knew. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. No, no, um, that's all right. Yeah, and I was, like, anti-weed, anti-drinking. You know, I was a good theater kid. And now I'm part of this big, hopefully, this huge weed empire that will be coming out of California. So what's uh, what's some of the cool weed-related stuff you've gotten to do over time? Um, oh man, some really cool stuff. I just spent time at uh, the mansion in Palm Springs where Marilyn Monroe and JFK used to... Hook up? Yeah. Yeah, nice, dude. And walking through the party... First of all, the party was set up as a seven-course dinner. Uh, they brought in this five-star uh, chef. He, Every strain you smoke was part of uh, the... It was like pairing wine, but we were pairing... Yeah, dude. <laughs> You're pairing weed to food? Yes. That's amazing. I didn't know anybody did that. It's like a whole subculture. It's a, yeah, it's a new thing that's happening. That's we, we were asked if we wanted to sponsor it. We spent uh, what... We brought in a bunch of flowers, had a, a little booth. We actually took uh, Marilyn Monroe's room. They have a bunch of Marilyn Monroe and JFK stuff in there. It was kind of cool. Of course they do. Right? Of course they do. Um, you can go to Blunt Brothers uh, and see it. Is that bluntbrothers.com? Uh, Brunt, uh, Instagram. Insta, okay. At sure, Blunt sure. Brothers Distro. Oh, sure, sure. Sorry. No, that's all um, right. I mean, if you're going to pimp your stuff, you, yeah, should know your, well, right? you should know your hashtags and such, right? I so. hate it. I hate it all. I hate it all. <laughs> oh, dude. there's I, It's so weird. Like, being an old person, like, trying to do Insta is, I, I just, it's not me. It's not who I am. I don't even like Facebook, really. Right. I don't even like MySpace when that happened. But it's, like, the only way you can keep in contact with people. Because you tell people, like, hey, I'm going to hit you up. They're like, oh, yeah, just hit me up on, on you got a kick? And I'm yeah. all, what am I, 12? <laughs> no, I don't have a kick. Like, can I email you? Or... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So back to the Marilyn Marilyn Monroe room. Um, so hadn't seen any celebrities, but we go sit down, go sit down and start eating. Andrew Barrymore walks by. I was like, ah. Oh. Later, I see her smoking a Ronin, which is one of the brands we carry. I'm like, yay! I've made it! I've made it! Just, like little moments like that. Uh, I was coming back from uh, Maui, uh, and I had some edibles with me. And walking through the airport, I saw uh, one of the 
Owen Wilson. Of course. I'm not shocked in the, in the least that Owen Wilson smokes. And I was like, hey, I have some trail mix. You should eat this. <laughs> I'm flying back to L.A. <laughs> I was asked in the middle of the flight. I was watching uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Middle of flight. Sir, could you quiet down? You were laughing too hard. <laughs> Owen Wilson walks by from first class, bought his buddy a whole row and coach because there was no more first class and sat with his buddy except for the takeoff and landing. And coach walks by, sees me and goes, thank you. Big old thumbs up. Like, nice. I'm, like, oh, I'm glad you guys are having a good flight too. And those are the times where I'm like, oh, that's when I was supposed to take a picture with somebody. Like, and... But that's not what I understand about Instagram. And with Blunt Brothers, with the weed culture, that's what it's kind of turning into. So It's going to be like everything else, man. It's like the young people are into. You got to, like, get on board or get out the way, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, it's, like, kind of funny because, like, uh, um, um, I'm more of a... Uh, like edibles person at this point. Okay. It's like, I, and I'm the opposite. I'll tell you some st- serious stories. I just don't like, uh, I don't like to smoke. Like it, it like makes my, I'm getting like, I'm like, Oh my lungs. Why God? Why? Yeah. Um, but okay. you know, it, it's like one of those things. Like I don't do tons of shots anymore either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm like, if I'm going to have something, I'm like, yeah, can I get a, you know, can I get a, a Jameson on the rocks, you know, like cut, or cut it with a little water if you would please. Cause I, I, it's like, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm not, you know, I just, I've reached past that point in my life, but like so some I, gummies or some brownies or some cookies, like, and especially it, it can be delivered in a form that like, I'm a fat kid. So it's like, <laughs> you want to give me fat kid stuff? Like I'm in like some cookies, you know, but we went to uh yep. Comic-Con this last year yeah, and uh, we, uh, it was me and uh, one of the other guys, uh, part of the podcast and uh, uh, one of the younger guys that uh, helps out. And we were eating tacos uh, because we weren't on the opening shift. Uh, Chris was, and we're sitting there, and like I'm watching him, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, man, I took some edibles. <laughs> he's like, I had some gummies, and they're starting to take hold. And it was that thing where he started giggling, like uh, yep, <laughs> uncontrollably. Yep. I'm like, oh, you got some good ones, <laughs> you know. But it's like we definitely, uh, uh, and especially gummies, dude, because they travel well. Oh, absolutely. You know, you just they so go easy. everywhere with you. You know, you so don't even carry on. You just throw it in the. Yeah, uh, your regular luggage. And yeah, get and the it, check bag. You go from state to state, and just you're the happiest guy alive. You know, so not that we would break laws yeah, or never, anything, never, but never. but you know, gummies do travel well. So, yes. so yeah, man. So uh, so you you're talking about high school, like you when you started out, you weren't like this is not who no, you were. If you would have met me back in '98 when I graduated high school, I mean, I was going into trying to do concert lighting, those kind of things. But yeah, I was not the. I was anti weed. I drank a little bit in high school at some parties, but I was I was brought up in a conservative house that were all Democrats that told me that weed would like kill me and weed was the devil. Yeah, right? you yeah. know, yeah, oogie boogie, and only black I, I people that, did drugs. I had that same thing. Yeah. I didn't have the black people part. Like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's some racist shit. Right there. <laughs> no, it really is, man. Uh, really but is. but no, I had. Uh, we definitely like my dad did not, and my dad was a recovering yeah. alcoholic, so it was like oh, my yeah. house was not at all, you know. Yeah. And it was literally like I remember um, when I started drinking when I was like seventeen. It was like, this is amazing, you know? And then I didn't discover weed until college. Like, I smoked the first time when I was probably like 20. That's about yeah. when the first time I did. I was like 19 or 20. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, it's, it's, 
it's but, kind of funny because it's not like a regular thing for me at this point. Like some people are like, oh, dude, like four times a day. And I'm like, oh, dude, I would not get anything done. Oh, yeah. So that's the opposite of me. <laughs> I'm probably two dabs before I leave the house in the ah, morning. Dude, when I bake, yeah. I'm just like, all I want to do is like watch TV and hang out. And I got a lot of shit to do. Like I'm a busy man. You, you can't just jump into this lifestyle. <laughs> it's a slowly build. Well, I didn't need to be in that lifestyle at all. Like, you remember <laughs> in your 20s where you're like, oh, I can have two beers before I go no. serve 15 tables. Yeah, this would be yeah. an oh, easy dude, night. I, I, used to go to, I used to be drunk everywhere I went. Exactly. So that wasn't an issue. <laughs> so that's, I come from a long line of alcoholics. Like, we're invested into that. <laughs> that's what You just slowly build up. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go mow the lawn. I'll smoke a fat joint. And I'll go mow the lawn. Like, I'm going to mow the lawn. And you mow the lawn. <laughs> just so you know. You just so you know. Yeah. I would smoke the fat joint and then i would not mow the lawn <laughs> i would sit in my chair you have no discipline <laughs> that's no not a jedi way my friend not the jedi way get some I, discipline i completely agree with that because my thing is like i'd be sitting there and i just would be like why is that important <laughs> you know i mean look to me it's the thing i do when i just want to yeah. like relax no and know? that's great and i think some people it's like uh, some people can function you know and i'm like i'm not dude it's like the first time i took pre-workout yeah. Like, cause I, you know, I've been going to hit in the gym and it was like one of those things where I was like, holy fuck, this is like, I'm like a tweaker right now. I can never do this again. Cause this is like, like I could, I'm like grinding my teeth I'm like, yeah. ah! and I'm just like, there's certain drugs, not a part of me, but caffeine and weed I'm cool with, you know? So the first, to get me to the point I am smoking now was when I first got into the business, uh, I won't say that my... The people I worked with didn't trust me with uh, the clients I was dealing with. <laughs> but uh, I pissed off a lot of weed people because I was treating them like a corporate client. Uh, like, you owe me money, give me my fucking money, and I'll give you some more product. Like, that's just the way the world works. And it did not go over well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, my boss got some phone calls, and he's like, all right, well, I'm going to ride with you for a little while. You're just going to be the driver, Josh, and we're going to make sales. And he saw the potential, and he's like, okay, yes, I'm going to give you these clients. I'll deal with these clients. And then when I figured out how to deal with those clients i was taking everybody they would make me the i would drive and they would just roll blunt after blunt after blunt and i was that guy would wake up in the morning not smoke and go work and then when i get home okay my hand hurts i'd smoke and then when i started driving them around they're busy rolling a blunt all right smoke this josh no i'm good no smoke you need to smoke more. You need to smoke more. You need to smoke more. The first time I did a dab, we were leaving a shop that's in... Uh, Just for real quick, for our listeners that do not know what a dab is. So a dab is concentrated THC, usually in a shatter form, uh, sauce, or resin. Even better. Now describe what each of those things are. Okay, shatter is uh, wax that was put into a tube, fired with CO2. They put it in an oven, it gets cooked, and then it looks like a piece of glass. It will just shatter. So how do you consume that? You heat up a nail. Basically, you freebase it. <laughs> you Think better. about crack. <laughs> really? That's amazing. That's exactly what this is. It's just, just it's, it's THC crack. That's a really bad way to reform it, but that's what it is. Usually, you smoke it in a bong. You heat up uh, a nail with a torch. It gets glowing red hot. 
you get let it cool down you really want to hit it about 400 degrees you smoke it just like a regular bong exhale concentrates are anywhere from 63 percent thc to 99 percent thc hot damn exactly hot when, damn when most of your weeds at that 30 to 16 percent that's incredible exactly. like, you know how high you would get like. right exactly <laughs> now thc level isn't what it's all about it's mm-hmm. actually about terps the way uh something tastes will make you feel uh, sativas usually are fruitier mm-hmm. They'll make you more active. Indicas taste like pine needles. OGs, they put you down. This is before they got that clean with uh, dabbing. We do a dab at a shop. I sit down immediately. This shop is on the corner of uh, Foothill, on Foothill Boulevard out in... uh, San Bernardino? Yeah, Montclair. Oh, even better. Blind churn, both ways, sun's going down. And my partner goes, make a left. We're going home, and I'm looking at 55 mile an hour traffic going both ways. <laughs> it's six lanes going right. I went, nope, and made a right. And he went, what are you doing? I was like, we'll go left eventually. I'll make a U-turn somewhere, but I'm no, this is not good. Man. You know, and in the future, you just tell them, three rights make a left, yes. dude. <laughs> and like, we'll get there. Just trust me, man. Three rights make a left. You know, it'll yeah. happen. So. So, it's, so now when I'm at a shop that has a lounge, and I'm doing like a PAD, which is basically a, a, a promotion yeah. buy something I'll dab somebody out and the first time like I've never done this before alright I want to give you a little one it's just that it's the first time you give anybody weed and they're like oh man this is I don't know if this is great this is great <laughs> yep I, I, I'm sure it's great just, you know, if I got out of weed do I think I would consume as much as I do right now absolutely not well I don't think you'd have as much access to it so actually now I spend more money I spend more money now in the in this market of weed than I did in the old market of weed really well I guess if you think about how much money I lost or but we said other places you maybe consume not. probably a lot more than you oh, used to at least an ounce a week of really? flour and probably 8 grams of concentrates Wow, like, but you're not playing. When I smoke flour, I'm rolling a blunt. Sure. Okay, our company's called Blunt Brothers for two reasons. When you were at a party in high school or anywhere and they pulled out a blunt, that meant two things from that person. He had a lot of weed and had money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of our motto with Blunt Brothers is we believe in sharing it. Sure. But we want all the money. I like that. Where that guy shows up blind, like, get more people in the group. Get more people yeah. in the circle. Like, All I can think of now is how unsanitary that is. <laughs> oh. So In our current environment, right? So I was at a shop the other day, and I refused to do a, a dab off of uh, the rig. I was like, I'll go get my Puffco out of the car. A Puffco is a uh, battery-operated dab rig that doesn't overheat perfect temperature every time you're like you're like fucking sciencing weed oh, now dude man. that's amazing yeah. i love it and it glows in the dark and it flashes colors and stuff <laughs> so not only are you sciencing it but you're maintaining your stoner status exactly. by flashing lights absolutely so i can i can get behind that so yeah. anyways you go get your you go get your device so I go, they're making fun of me like really so the go you don't need that and they gave me basically a bong condom <laughs> a bong condom a bong condom never you- seen this before in my life it's just, it hangs on your neck. It's your own little personal, uh, you know, you stick it in the bong, it's rubber, and you can hit your uh, rip out of it, and, and you're just, never touching the glass. I, don't I was all, that sounds great, but I'm still pulling it out with all your germs on it. <laughs> I'm still going to inhale your, yeah, exactly. your bacteria, dude. Like, <laughs> yes. I hate to tell you this. Yes. But. 
Stoners don't always see. <laughs> Stoners are like, science, man. Science. <laughs> yeah, it has a filter on it, too. <laughs> okay. No, that's not how any of this works. All right. All right. Give me the alcohol swab. Because <laughs> if realistically, I was, we were, so every everybody at the corporate office doesn't all partake in weed. We're slowly moving them into it. Most of them are doing edibles. A couple of them are starting to smoke now. But uh, I was in the office the other day. We were all like joking around. I was like, you realize if anybody's going to get it in this group, it's going to probably be me because I'm the only one that smokes (laughs) or Mark or Chad. (laughs) It's either going to be me or these other two people. (laughs) And we're all going to give it to you. And they all like looked at me and was like, Damn, Josh, you are right. I was like, I'm just saying, man. You're like, dark, man. Don't touch You're me. completely dark. So, how, what brought you to be a salesman? Uh, I worked at Best Buy for a little while. Were you part of the Geek Squad? No, no, no. I was uh, covering the home theater department. And, of course you were. Of course you were. I was dyslexic, but putting things together made total sense. Sure, and then sure. talking about it, I like to talk. I would never have guessed that. Right? Not even a little. And, uh, it made sense, and then I had a friend that was doing uh, working for a high end uh, home theater company, and I kind of just hung out there if they liked it or not. And then they eventually offered me a job, and I was killing it sales there. And then uh, started working for Grease Monkey. Grease, like you changed oil? Yeah, changed oil, and I was like, "How do I make more money? Like, uh, we need more sales. I'm like, does that mean I got to be a hood tech?" And I would just. Literally go, hey, your air filter's dirty. You want a new one? I never was a salesman. Like, I'm not the salesman. Hey, you need to buy this because I need to sell it. Like, you don't hard sell people. Hey, I'm doing a blowout sell on these joints. They're good joints. They were eight bucks. We're selling them for five dollars. You need blowouts on joints? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, we we definitely live in a different world these days, don't we? It's just like, everything must go. I've got everything. You You want your indigo? I got your indigo over here, you know? So... Right now, sativa's the kick, which is I'm a sativa smoker, yeah, and yeah. we can, no no distro can keep enough sativa in. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that is? Because the demand for the indica and OG went so huge. All the farmers just went to growing that. Oh, and so nobody was growing sativa at all. And so if you do have sativa, a shop's like, oh yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll nice. take it, which is good, and that's why I'm always yelling, we need more sativas, <laughs> more sativas. But, you know, what do I know? I want to talk about edibles, and then we'll talk about vaping. you talk talking about vaping. Tell me about right. edibles. So, I'm blown away that you like edibles for the fact being I have a bad experience with edibles. Really? Anytime THC goes through your system, through your liver, mm-hmm. it enhances it by 50%. That's why, I've, that's why I don't do Molly, just so you know. <laughs> Shame on you. I mean, good for you. Oh, no, dude. We had, I had a super bad experience the night of uh, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, that I, I've very, i told very few people about I over did my not life. Know. That whole time we were in line? <laughs> Interesting. Another story for another time. Um, so, uh, and we saw that movie three times in a day. Just remember that. So, but kids Yeah, I up. know. Exactly. Well, that's why another story for another time. Uh, so... I was with, um, we went to go see the Blue Man show. I was with my roommate. We went to go see the Blue Man show in Vegas, and I had a candy bar on me. These are the guys that paint themselves with the drums? Yes. Okay, good. I was like, oh, I'll eat part of the candy bar. We're in Vegas. I'll eat two pieces. But it's hot in Vegas, and the candy bar's starting to melt, so I'm eating a few more bites. A few more bites. And we, I, I already know where this is going, but right. continue on. 
We were staying at the Tropicana, and the show was at the Venetian, which is all the way down the strip, and we were walking it. We get all the way there, having a few drinks. Candy bar starting to hit me. Have another drink, and we're about to go into the show. We're sitting third row, dead center, and we're the last two assholes to walk in. Of course you are. My 320-pound ass and my friend that's 160 pounds but five foot five. <laughs> And I'm 6'3". So he's trying to hold me up. I'm trying not to step on the little kids. And now let's put the poncho on me. This show is very bright and loud. And all I want to do is hide in my goddamn... Uh, hoodie? Hoodie, yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with me? So you're like you're like watching the show, but you're like... Like, you're not tripping because that's not what it is. But No, I'm tripping on me. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, it's like... I say that, but it's like... You don't really... Like when I say tripping, I'm thinking like psychedelic. Yeah, yeah, no, that like, wasn't going on. It was just, yeah. it was just too much. It's just too much input, and yeah. you're just it's so loud. Oh my god, yeah. I just like I'm not enjoying this. I hate everybody. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. It was. So that was a really bad experience. Then I went all the way to the other side where I only had. Now that it's, uh, you can tell exactly what you're doing. One ring is five milligrams or ten milligrams. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to have 20 milligrams. I'm still over 300 pounds. I'm going to have 20 milligrams of these rings. 30 minutes later, I'm holding on to the damn chair going, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. There's just something about edibles that passes through my liver. I never know if it's going to be safe or not, so I just try to stay away from it. Um, it's one, like For me, I'm like, I don't even drink... Um... Like when we go to the shows or yeah. we're doing like, or I'm at work, like I don't drink in those situations at all because I don't want to be impaired while I'm doing stuff. Yeah, I don't I know. I can't say the same. I don't that. know how you get through a day oh. every day. So that party I was talking about with yeah. all the food, um, mind you, I had to also be running back to our room and talk to any new uh, potential buyers for shops. Cause that's who was basically invited to this party was uh, buyers and shop owners to meet distributors and other manufacturers. And uh, so I would like, there was a dab bar that was uh, smoking us all out on the best rosin, which is basically just taking a flower and squishing it in a machine and then smoking the the juice that comes out of it. Okay. Which tastes amazing. I'm sure it does. Um, so I was doing a dab there, smoking the bowl they would give me eat, run back to the room, and somebody would like hand me a joint as I'd walk in, so I'd hit the joint, do a whole like five, ten minute breakdown about the company, get a business card. I ended up getting like three sales out of this event. How do you sell anything like that? Like I was just in the zone, like and mind you, my business partners from day one were there just smiling at me, going, Go get it, Josh. And I was like and I was on the ride home, I was quiet, and they're like, "Dude, you killed it." I was like, "Do you think so?" I mean, <laughs> I was just having a good time. Like, I felt like I was all over the place. Like, I mean, you look like you were blow, you were on cocaine, but you're sleeping now, so obviously you weren't. Like, um, I mean, just, uh, when you like your job, it's easy to do. I mean, you know that you don't you enjoy what you do now. Oh right? uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's like to me every day. Uh, I don't I don't love every day. Like I'll be honest, there are days that and I'm, I'm there like, too. Even selling something that I created, you know, or doing a show that I directed, or yeah. even something that I've written. There's some days that I'm just not into it, and I'm just like, I don't fucking want to be here yeah. today, you know. But there are other times when it's like you have that one moment, you know. Like we had a guy. 
that's a huge fan of one of our books. Um, and I mean a huge fan. Yeah. And this dude came back and bought everything at the booth. Wow. And nice. I mean, fucking everything we had. Nice. And he's like, well, what else can I buy? And I'm all, we don't want to take any more of your money nice. here because you've bought, you've literally dropped like 200 bucks just today after you dropped 100 mm, yesterday. yesterday. And we don't sell that much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. I appreciate this, yeah. you know. Um, but it's like one of those things where it's like you realize like at the end of the day, like, especially I'm sure you do the same thing where it's like, I don't do this necessarily for me and my self gratification. Yeah. I do this one for the money, yeah. but two, because somebody on the other end is really enjoying what I'm doing. No, absolutely. You know? And it's like, for you, it's like, I, what I hear you is like, you walk in and that's why you're like, I'm here to sell you an experience. I'm not here to sell you, you know, yeah. exactly an ounce or exactly a gram. I'm here. You're, you're here to get the full experience of what I do. No, absolutely. Uh, so what's the coolest thing that's come out of this for you? Coolest thing that's come out of this for me is like, if you had like, I mean, aside from the Owen Wilson on the plane and shit like that, but it's like, have you, uh, like, uh, have you gained any notoriety? Absolutely. Like I didn't realize how well known I was until, uh, our director of sales was at, uh, another conference and he came back on the, the next sales call and was like, so I went out to Palm Springs and everybody's talking about Josh out there. I was out in Orange County. People were talking about Blunt Brothers and Josh and Tony. Um, it's just, I was blown away. People know who I am and I don't always know who they are, which is... <laughs> I'm kinda, not surprised by which that. Which is kind of like how I was, <laughs> I mean, back in high school and a little bit of college I went it's how to. You were at the, it's, how, it's how you were like in our 20s at the yeah. bar. Like everybody knew you because you stand out in a crowd. Yeah. Like you're a giant, heavy set dude. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not a small man. And I'm not quiet. No, Especially God, if no. I've been drinking or smoking. <laughs> so, uh... uh uh, where does this lead you, though? Like, as far as, like, so you've got, are, are you a part owner of this thing you're working on? So, yes. Uh, I was part owner of Blunt Brothers. We were bought out. I have shares. Shares. Uh, we go public in 12, 12 days. Wow. In the Congrats, Canadian man. market. Yeah. Um, we'll see how the stocks do. Oh, um, it's a bad time. <laughs> yes, It's it a little is. scary. Really scary. But uh, we're, we're going to make the push. Uh, we believe our valuation is going to be huge. Um, I don't know what I can and can't talk about that. Probably I would stay away from as much of that as possible. Yeah. But, um, yeah. In fact, I'll probably edit this portion out. But, no uh, worries. Just uh, because I don't want to get you in trouble. Although this isn't going to drop for a while, so okay. we might be able to leave this in. Cool. Like, this won't release until uh, um, uh, May. So okay, cool. we'll, yeah. we'll start dropping these episodes in May. Nice. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll almost be able... Sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, if all works out, this could be my retirement program, and then I'll look for the next thing I want to do. I, I'll i be honest, uh, I I would love to, like, just retire and not do <laughs> not, anything else. You just want to Netflix I mean, for the rest of your life? Well, I keep telling everybody at work, I was like, uh, when we all become millionaires, I'm going to buy a small house in Hawaii and become an Uber driver. <laughs> And they're like, shut up, Josh. Like, you don't, you guys don't think I'm the most happiest time of my life was the year I lived in Hawaii, man. And I, all I want to do is get back there. Like, that's amazing, dude. That's amazing. That's all I want. And if I have to fly back to the mainland four or five times a year to visit friends, I'm okay with that. But at that point, they could, we could come visit. Exactly my point. I think you're missing like the bigger picture here. Well, if 
this all works out the way it's supposed to. I, Josh, I'll have plenty of room for people to Josh, come see you'll me. have a house, and then you'll be an Uber driver, so you can pick me up from the airport. It's like the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, um, I mean, there's lots of things I want to do with this. I, If everything works out the way possible, next thing I want to do in my life is uh, do some type of charity work. Where nice, man. Either open up a charity or uh, just spend all my time doing charity work if it's the big brother program whatever case may be that's rad dude hey yeah. man I, I gotta tell you it's been a pleasure having you today thank you, man. you i hope you've enjoyed coming on and just oh, talking yeah, yeah. you know this is what we do it was a blast yeah man thanks so much and uh once again josh DeGroat, uh blunt brothers uh you can check them out on instagram uh what's your uh blunt at, brothers distro uh, at blood brothers distro all right guys thank you so much for listening we'll catch you next time My Life As is recorded at In Blue Studios and is a member of the Nerd Life Crisis Network. Contact the show at nerdlifecrisis at gmail.com. Care of My Life As. Subscribe and download and listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast from. Music for My Life As is composed by Rodrigo Vicente and brought to you by hooksounds.com. This episode of the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast is brought to you by IB Comics. IB Comics, the home of great creator-driven stories for people of all ages, including Legba's Juke Joint. The first book of a nine-book series is available now and tells the story of American music from the blues to the present. The series examines the values of American society and for what we as people are willing to trade our soul. The book has been called Smart and Clever by Mark Wade of The Flash and Superman and Raw, Honest, and Profoundly Human by Stephen Frank, the creator of Silver and the animator on The Iron Giant. The book is available now at www.ibcomics.com. IB Comics, the home of great stories.